the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. I'm going to be giving away a brand new spanking set of tickets to something in about two or three minutes. So get your dialing fingers ready. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. I love Warren Buffett's call this morning that in 100 years, the Dow will be over a million. He thinks shorting stocks is a loser's game. He says, just take a look at the 1,500 individuals who have hit Forbes' list of 400 wealthiest Americans since 1982. None of them were short sellers. None of them had online academies. None of them had real estate that can get you 8% returns. None of them guaranteed uh, investing alternatives to the greatest investment of all time, the stock market, over the long term. Sit and think about that for a second. So people that lend hard money and get you into California real estate. No. If they were so good, they wouldn't be asking you for money. They'd be asking Warren Buffett for his money. Big story this morning is Apple admits issues with Apple Watch connectivity. Wearables versus smartphones. I think the Apple Watch is the first step towards... um, making the cell phone a little bit more blah. Uh, Yesterday I played with the new Apple TV and uh, started programming stations, and I don't know if it's going to get there yet, but my TV is no longer channel 2, 3, 4, 5, 7, and 9, or whatever it was. It's changed a lot of my lifetime, and now it's all about PBS will wirelessly stream content to my TV. ABC, NBC, CBS, all the same. Um, ESPN's doing live streaming. So I no longer need two cable boxes. I can live with just one. And that saves me money on the renting of the cable box plus the second box and back. So that's worthy of note that things change. The Apple Watch is starting to take some of the pressure off of the phone. And um, that'll make your phone a lot simpler and smoother. A lot like the TV has a lot of pressure taken off the channels. As streaming has thrown in things like Netflix and Hulu, you know, and HBO, three companies that have dominated the Emmy Awards for television content in the last five years. I got tickets, not to be a major tease, but I got tickets. Three giveaways. Winners can receive a pair of VIP passes to Crossroads of the West Gun Show. That's right, the Gun Show. Going on this weekend, September 23rd and 24th at the Cal Palace Daily City. I've never been to a gun show. But if you want to get passes for two, we've got three sets of them. Call 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Crossroads of the West Gun Show attracts more than half a million guests, more than any other gun show in America. Crossroads of the West Gun Shows are America's best gun shows. It's from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. on Saturday, and from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. on Sunday. Ticket price allows entrance for both days. Kids 12 and under are free with a parent or guardian and do not require a ticket. 
So, interesting way to spend your weekend. I'm not politically charged on guns. I think America has the right to bear arms. I think some people abuse that right. Just like a lot of people abuse many rights in the United States, and it's kind of tragic. Um, but again, I'm not very politically smart when it comes to guns, so I'll let you decide if this is a pro-pro for you or not. But winner receives a pair of VIP passes to Crossroads at the West Gun Show this weekend, September 23rd and 24th at the Cal Palace. Call 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. We've got three sets of tickets waiting for you. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, money investing and more. Um, let's talk about the overall market today. Is Fed Day? That is worthy of note. Um, one of the things that the Federal Reserve can do is say that they're raising interest rates. They expect to do it four times next year, or they expect to do more than six billion dollars purchases of their trillion dollars of debt that they issued. Um, there's a lot that they could do. We don't really know. We don't really know exactly. Uh, we have a lot of assumptions. We've got a lot of percentages built in. We don't expect a rate hike, for instance, until December. Anything earlier would be a bit of a surprise. Rate hikes work a little bit against the market in the sense that they make borrowing costs higher and they cut down on speculation. So instead of having 20 companies to um, look for new money, to look for new hires, to throw out some wage inflation, to come up with some money-saving ideas, some uh, new business models, you might have 15. So the Federal Reserve does affect the economy with their monetary policy, but we need the, the federal government to have a better fiscal policy. We need them to come up with some spending plans. You know, when people like Trump say, if you elect me, I'm going to spend a trillion dollars on our bridges and our roads that are shameful in America. Those are jobs that he's, he's, he's not saying, let's put a trillion dollars on the road. Let's not line the road with cash. Let's line the road with workers fixing roads and fixing bridges and pay them and pay the commodity companies who put the tar and stuff together for us. So Apple, one of the things that they do very, very well and that a lot of people haven't really been paying attention to is semiconductors. And their new A11 Bionic semiconductor includes the ability to do all sorts of clever image processing, augmented reality, and artificial intelligence tasks. The augmented reality market could be worth over $404 billion in the next three years, and their chips are ready for it. Um, research spending has more than doubled since 2013 to $11 billion over the past year. Apple's spending a lot of money on research and development, and a lot of people think it's tied towards a car. But if you were to start a concept car from the ground up, it's only about $3 billion, and that's spent over five to seven years. So what the heck have they spent $11 billion last year on? Uh, the most capital-intensive part of the industry is semiconductors. Semiconductors devote about 20%, semiconductor companies, about 20% of their revenue to R&D. Um, Apple's just spending about $4.7 billion, but because they pull in so much revenue, it's, it's significant. Um, they have an employee that no one's ever heard of, Johnny Sruji. He's a teeny-tiny Israeli man who heads Apple's chips division. And um, really a super smart guy, and is offering a ton of insight into what Apple is doing. So the iPad Pro a couple of years ago was behind schedule, and it basically needed a new semiconductor. 
Um, so the processor chips that, you know, the brains inside the iPhone, the iPad, the Apple Watch, the Apple TV, um, the A8, the A8X was the big one, but they had to come up with a faster one, the A9, and now they're on the A11. Um, so Apple kind of controls their own future on some levels with their semiconductors. Sriji, who's 51, is an Israeli who joined Apple after jobs at Intel and IBM. He's tiny, he's intense, he speaks Arabic, Hebrew, and French. Um, he's very hardcore. Um, he doesn't waste any time. and He's the brains behind their semiconductor division. The only way for Apple to really differentiate itself and deliver something truly unique and something truly great was to have their own semiconductors, to control it and to own it. So you don't think of Apple as a semiconductor company, but very much so they are. So you should check this guy out, Johnny Sruji, um, S-R-O-U-J-I. Um, and he's just got this career of kicking butt in semiconductors. So you think of Tim Cook, you think of Steve Jobs, the people you think of at Apple may not be the people who are driving the company going forward. Don't forget you can get tickets to the gun show coming up this weekend. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. It's coming up at the Cal Palace. It's the uh, Crossroads of the West Gun Show. It's attracting over half a million guests. It's the biggest gun show in America. It's Saturday and Sunday from 9 to 4, 9 to 5-ish. Kids are free. 800-516-1220 to get the tickets. It's 800-516-1220. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. It's Fed Watch Day. And it's Apple Watch Day. Apple's in the news as their uh, watch is having a problem with some connectivity issues with cellular basically combating each other. They say it's a software issue that they'll be able to fix as the watch is trying to connect with some Wi-Fi networks that they don't want it to. So um, some reviewers, and it's interesting to look at, some reviewers say the watch is pretty good. Some reviewers are saying the Apple Watch isn't so good. The new $399 Apple Watch Series 3, which goes on sale on Friday, is the first Apple Watch that can work without being tethered to the phone. Thanks to an LTE connection from your wireless carrier, it's the one feature Apple Watch users have been asking for since the product launched, the little Dick Tracy um, calling on your watch. Reviewers have complained that the Series 3 had issues connecting to LTE, meaning that using Siri, retrieving data, making phone calls didn't work on the device uh, when it wasn't connected to an iPhone. And when LTE did connect, it quickly drained the battery. Some reviewers also experienced drop calls and other issues related to the cellular connection. It sounds as though you shouldn't buy the Apple Watch Series 3 until Apple works out some of these issues. But the Series 3 without the LTE connection is probably a good option if your main draw to the watch isn't that built-in cellular connection. So The Verge, Lauren Goody. She said uh, she went on a walk with the phone on airplane mode and tried to send text messages and use Siri to initiate phone calls through the watch. Those didn't work. Tried to ask Siri a basic question. That didn't work. Siri also wasn't talking back to me, something that's supposed to be a new feature in the watch. Phone calls did sometimes work from the watch, but I had to manually tap through my contacts or recent call list on the watch and initiate the call that way. So the first couple watches had no interest to me because I didn't like the... I've got big fingers. And uh, I just didn't like the idea of my big ham hands like trying to do that. Um, but Siri's not working as it's supposed to, according to this reviewer. 
uh, two seven-minute phone calls. The watch's battery drained about 27%. So it's going to be a drain. A cellular device sometimes literally is a lifeline. That's why I can't recommend the cellular Apple Watch Series 3 until the connectivity is more reliable. Even then, the battery life could be a bit of a buzzkill for some. Um, Nicole Nguyen of BuzzFeed had a better experience with the Series 3. She said the Apple Watch Series 3 is a decent smart watch, especially for athletes, as long as you're willing to accept some of the trade-offs. Battery life for compact form factor, Apple's own apps versus third-party offerings. The new cellular feature is great for leaving your phone behind during workouts and taking an Uber back or stopping at Whole Foods for refueling. It's also good insurance if you're the kind of person who remembers to put on a watch every morning but tends to leave your phone behind. Nah. I don't know. What, what, what do you make of these? Brian Chin of the New York Times didn't like that you had to pay extra for the cellular connection. The price you pay for those brief moments of respite from your iPhone is steep, at least $399 for the hardware, plus $10 a month for access on your cell phone plan for some carriers. And I seldom found reasons to use the watch without my iPhone to justify that extra cost. So when Apple Watch 3 uh, joins unauthenticated Wi-Fi networks without connectivity, it may at times prevent the watch from using cellular. So uh, Apple's got a little bit of a, not a PR issue. Because again, some of these analysts said, you know, hey, you could use it, just don't use the cellular connection. And maybe the cellular connection, maybe the Apple Watch 3 should be at best be thought of as the heart rate sensor, the athletic capabilities. By the third edition, they kind of worked out. And with the cellular, they're going to need two or three editions to work it all out. I don't think that seems insane in the membrane. How I'd lower you say that? I would lower your expectations initially on the product if you're looking for the cell phone being the end-all, be-all. Hurricane Maria makes a direct hit on Puerto Rico. Um, this has been a very costly hurricane season. I don't know if it's been more damaging than other ones. I'm not that guy. I leave that up to Fox News and MSNBC to fight with each other over... Uh, details. Um, I see the, the human suffering as that stinks. I see that every single day. There's two days that really made me want to quit doing media, and one of them was 9 11 because I worked right next to the Pentagon and I had to do five hours of radio. The other one was the, the day of the kindergarten shooting at Newtown Elementary. It just sometimes it doesn't make sense. Yesterday we had. You know, a school, an elementary school in Mexico gets squashed, you know, 20 to 30, maybe up to 50 kids, and they're pulling kids out of rubble, and I, you could do anything to me, I don't care, but hurting innocent children and animals, that pisses me, that upsets me. Um, I think we should have stiffer legal penalties for anyone who does either of those things, but when natural disasters do it, it just, it's heartbreaking. Uh, Maria made landfall on the island of Dominica at 9.15 last night, the first Category 5 storm in history there, and early reports indicate widespread devastation. At least eight people have been killed on the storm's journey so far through the Caribbean, and it was just not two weeks ago that they had a big you know, issue with hurricanes hitting similar areas and hitting Cuba. Um, in running up Florida, the storms forecasted to lash Puerto Rico, the Virgin Islands, and the Dominican Republic through Thursday. So then you get a earthquake, and again, some things just don't make sense. The best part about my job is most of it makes sense. I can you know, readily say that I can financially analyze companies. I can work, look at their financial statements. I can look at their profit margins. I can look at the, the statements of, of, of debt on companies and, and feel comfortable throwing things out there. 
I could look at the Federal Reserve and say, please don't make the ghastly mistake that you made right before the past two recessions. A decade ago, traders cheered news that the Federal Reserve was cutting its key interest rate by an assertive 50 basis points. Back then, the central bank was getting more worried about the borrowing cost could speed up the collapse in housing prices. Now, one thing that concerns me the most right now is the Fed getting too aggressive in raising rates. If rates spike up too quickly and they end up inverting the yield curve, that's a classic recession signal. The Fed is expected to announce its next big move that will work with rate hikes, the shrinking of $4.5 trillion balance sheet. It will no longer reinvest the $4 billion of mortgages and $6 billion of the treasuries that it bought from the financial crisis. It plans to raise these amounts every quarter until they hit $20 billion a month in mortgages and $30 billion a month in treasuries. But again, it's $4.5 trillion that they lent into the markets. So $50 billion a month, it's going to take a while for that to add up. Um, Fed officials have said they plan to make the balance sheet unwind boring, watching paint dry. But the Federal Reserve is tied to eight of the last nine recessions in the United States. Some people could say there's some tie there, whether it's Janet Yellen, uh, Paul Volcker, Alan Greenspan, Ben Bernanke. These are all people that... um, you know, we, I'm not going to say we hold accountable, uh, but as heads of the Federal Reserve, their policy decisions can affect U.S. economy and world economies. So right now, where's your risk profile? You should have a pretty good answer to that. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel last night slammed the new Republican health care bill, saying that, you know, it doesn't pass muster. It's interesting that our late-night comedians are really drawing a lot of attention to politics. I think John Stewart started all that on a big way, but that's how a lot of people get their news today. Jimmy Kimmel, Stephen Colbert, formerly John Stewart. Um, a lot of action going on in the late-night forums on political commentary. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. And streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. I'm Rob Black. Anything you want to talk about where you talk about money, investing more, don't be shy. Pick up the phone, 800-516-1220. One of the reasons I do this show is to help you and to give you some insights into how the market works. And one of the things I can admit to is I don't have a research staff of thousands or hundreds like the Fidelities or the Janices or the Vanguards do. So I will use their research to help me formulate ideas and say things like, yeah, I think the watch starts to, again, this is my idea, the watch starts to slip away from you know, let's throw as much technology into it as possible to let's throw as much technology into the AirPods and start throw as much technology into the watch as we can and augmented reality ideas. When Apple came up with um, Face ID, it's, it's saying, like, we can move away from the fingerprint sensor intimacy of the phone and start moving into other devices that are going to scan your face, whether it's your thermostat, whether it's your television, something in your home, the speaker system matching your voice. Um, there's future technologies being developed. I'm comfortable with that. Technology is one of the sexiest things to look at as an investor. Tech stocks that are going to power the next tidal wave of growth. Apple is one of them. Now, it's amongst the top 10 holdings on a lot of tech funds because they have so much money being thrown into research. Apple 
is resting a little bit too comfortably on its laurels right now, most of us would say. And that you know, means that other companies like Microchip Technologies and Xilinx are poised to profit from a tech sector boom that's being raised, you know, fueled ultimately by smartphones and cloud computing as well as artificial intelligence and greater connectivity. The greater connectivity is that underlying two words. Um, you know, when I first heard of a scale that's wireless, I laughed. I'm like, do we really need a scale that's wireless? And then I started thinking about it. I'm like, hell yeah, we do. And when I started hearing about gym equipment that will tie into your phone, I'm like, hell yeah, that makes sense. So love the idea. You know, I've got AirPods and when I go on an airplane, I can't use them other than with my phone or my watch because there's no wire. I hate wires. I hate it, hate it, hate it. Wires are the devil. But when you start looking at, you know, technology and where we're going, it's going the way of no wires. Um, I dated a millennial years and years and years ago that, you know, she said, can you buy me an, uh, uh, an, a Kindle? And I'm like, why? And she goes, I don't like books. And then I started looking at her apartment and like, there's no wires. There was no uh, clutter. So wireless is the way we're going. And the chips that power the AirPods are, are so cool. By the time you pull them out of the case and put them in your ear, they're already connected that stupid Bluetooth process of finding things, it's over. They're in. They're going. So I think you have to be a bottom-up stock picker when you're looking at tech companies. You look for companies with durable, competitive business models that can increase sales and profit at robust clips for years, not for, for quarters, but years. The market's too short-sighted uh, not to be looking out for the longer term. So I like names that are all-weather names like Alphabet and Facebook and Alibaba. Um, on top of it, I like NVIDIA, and I like Disney. Um, you know, why do I like Disney and Intel? Um, I think you need some of the old companies that have been around and can, you know, affect direction. Short-term, Disney is a mess. They've got an ESPN problem that's big. Um, there's virtually no innovation coming out of Apple right now. Apple sells, you know, the same few products it was selling five or six years ago. They're falling behind in areas like cloud services and media. The value of its iPhone operating system is a lock-in for consumers eroding, albeit at a slow pace. Um, so Apple's exposure to China is a bit of a problem. Apple's ecosystem remains huge and healthy in the U.S. and Europe. Uh, the iPhone 8 and the iPhone 10 should do well um, because they basically make their semiconductors last their phones about five, five phones. And then their software has pushed innovation to the point that it's time to get a new one. So... I think tech sector can still give you better than annualized, better than greater returns of the S&P 500 on an annualized basis. Um, I think tech companies with their new innovative technology and platforms are ringing a new digital operating system for the global economy that's impacting not just retail and financial transactions, but media, healthcare, energy, and industrials. There's four major themes that are changing everything and driving a huge shift in value towards the tech sector. Cloud computing and smartphones are the infrastructure. The other themes are artificial intelligence and the Internet of Things. I've got a Nest thermostat, and the number of people that have come in my house and said, that's cool, I want one, it's, it's like 10 out of 10 almost. Um, and it does save me money, and it was instantly visible that it was saving me money. You know, the next big platform companies, companies like Microsoft, Alphabet, Google, Facebook, Netflix, they got further to climb. But they're, you know, you're seeing impressive innovation come out of China with companies like Alibaba, Tencent, and Ctrep. 
Um, C-Trip is a platform tied towards travel and the creation of a middle class in China. Uh, growth and connectivity tied towards a 5G boon. Um, American Tower is a, a winner. They operate the cell phone towers in the U.S. and overseas. Uh, they basically kind of put up big towers and tell companies, if you want to put your hardware up here that beams connectivity, we're going to charge you. Uh, big cloud computing theme, Salesforce.com. They've got this huge tower going up in San Francisco, kind of like the big uh, UFO site that um, Apple's developed with their new office. Um, is that a bad sign? I think it is a bad sign when you start making big office spaces. Uh, Nokia, you can look back at the 1990s when they stole the digital crown from Motorola in cell phones. Um, it was the beginning of the end when they had a big, big old... I'm trying to think of a word that rhymes with bass. A big bass decision uh, to b make a big bass office. Say what? Um, you get the idea, but yeah, I'm a little bit worried about those kind of ideas. The Salesforce Tower scares me, but at the same time, it tells me they're making billions of dollars. Microchip technologies, they make specialized low-powered microprocessors. Um, they're well-positioned. Xilinx makes programmable chips that stand to benefit from artificial intelligence trends. Cadence, programmable chips, means it's not sold as, okay, here's your chip, go use it. Here's your chip, go tell us what you want it to do. Cadence design systems, they make the tools that design semiconductors. So before you make a semiconductor, use complicated engineering software. That's what they do. Um, there's a lot of volatility. There's some names in tech, some of the dinosaurs that I'm avoiding. Names like IBM and Cisco that are buying back stock and raising dividends rather than investing in R&D and acquisitions. Um, I still very much so um, like NVIDIA, but it's a fast mover, so I look at it as a trading stock. There's a better mousetrap problem on the horizon. NVIDIA is going to continue to do well selling semiconductors in the artificial intelligence market, but a lot of new mousetraps are coming, and NVIDIA could lose some market share to some of those guys. Uh, AMD, for instance, is one of them. Intel is better positioned in artificial intelligence than the market believes. Uh, Microsoft's cloud is pretty well positioned for the artificial intelligence move into the cloud. So taking a look at Google, their stock trades at 23 times estimates. Um, the stock can climb higher. Bears worry that Google or Alphabet's growth is going to decelerate significantly down the road. I disagree. I think YouTube, Google Cloud, Android, self-driving cars, I see them as having a nice platform, not just Google Search. And if some of their moonshots pay off, there's additional upside. So I think Google can get you 20% in the next 12 to 18 months. I'm going to say conservatively, consult a broker advisor for taking action on your stocks mentioned. Um, Amazon has seen a retreat of their stock of 10% since July when it hit a record high. Um, I think... That's a little short-sighted if you're expecting a 20 to 30% pullback. I don't think it's going to happen. Disney is big in the news, and why would Disney be a tech stock? Um, I think Disney is going to start to look a lot like Netflix or Amazon. They're going to do a lot of the things that Netflix and Amazon does on their own. Several of the investment trends that are out there, cloud, mobile, connectivity, they're being powered by premium content, and no one owns better content in the world than Disney. And can they monetize it with a direct-to-consumer online streaming service? That's a good question. They're at a very early phase of it, and Wall Street's saying, you're going to give up all that free money from Netflix? You're crazy. Do you really think Disney is crazy? And when I'm talking crazy, I'm talking like, 
I remember telling a friend, like, you're crazy. You're smoking crack behind 7-Eleven. I, I just made that up. I didn't have a friend who smoked crack behind 7-Eleven. But if I did, I'd say that's crazy. I don't think Disney's crazy for jumping ship and saying bye-bye, bye-bye to Netflix. And I think the Star Wars film, a lot of people say Star Wars Episode Seven is one of the worst films of all time, that it basically copied the plot of Star Wars Episode Four, And it did. And it was kind of crummy on a lot of levels. But it's the top grossing film of all freaking fracking time. The world doesn't have good taste. The world has as... Just give us something close. We're content with that. So I think Disney is the next Netflix on some levels. Um, question is, can we pay $9.99 for Netflix, $9.99 for Hulu, $9.99 for CBS, $9.99 for all these services? The answer is no. No, 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 no. But as a guy who's paying 150 bucks for cable and then Apple comes up with a device that basically can save me 20 bucks a month, I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, anyway, um, Electronic Arts, Activision, Blizzard, um, all companies that I think are going to be big players in esports, which is a major trend over the next decade. Esports are a way of getting your mom or your sister or your brother who doesn't like sports to casual fan into sports, which is what every franchise, whether it's the Mavericks or the Warriors or the Cowboys or the 49ers or the Giants, they all want more fans. Electronic Arts and Activision Blizzard, they sell out arenas for esports in Korea, South Korea. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me online at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about today is Fed Day, which is a pretty big deal day on Wall Street as far as we get these meetings where we kind of get some insight out of the Federal Reserve on what they expect from the economy, inflation, interest rates. And these are big market movers. Um, It's worthy of note. So, you know, I'm not saying the whole day is wrong and we're going to suffer for it. Wait till it, wait for it, wait for it. I, I want you to be the same investor you always are, but know that this is one of those days where things can change pretty quickly. So um, just throwing that out there for you as much as I can. Um, how much should you have saved is always a big question. In your 20s, your financials, uh, life needs to start getting in order. You need to have a foundation. You need to have some sort of concept. Um, how much money can you save? Can you save 25% of your overall gross pay? Then you're going to be ahead of the curve when you hit your 30s and 40s. But if you can do five, you're starting off well. Start with an emergency fund, then start saving. Um, so try not to spend more than 75% of your income on necessities like rent, utilities, cell phone bills, and discretionary expenses. If I didn't have a fully funded 401k, if I could not say this, raise my right hand, put my left hand on a Bible, do I swear to tell the truth, nothing but the truth, the whole truth, so help me God? I would not own a cell phone if I did not say I am 100% ready and funded for retirement. I don't know how people do it. Um, I see people in radio and television that I work with that have, they laugh at a 401k. And yet they pull out their 401 they pull out their Apple or their Google, and they're like, do, 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 do. That is a luxury, my friends. 
um, you're going to end up poor, very, very, very poor if you don't have uh, one times your salary saved in your 30s, two times by the time you're 35, three times by the time you're 40. Uh, and it goes up 10 to 20 times your salary by the time you retire. So if you're 10 years away from retirement and you're making $50,000, you should have you know, well north of two hundred to three hundred to four hundred thousand dollars saved. So ten to twenty times by the time you retire. It's just it's not an opinion, that's a fact of how long your money's gonna last if you live a normal life in retirement. So American Airlines says that they're gonna start a price war as some of the lower discounters are starting to cut prices. American Airline or airline stocks are down eighteen percent since July after basically um Hurricanes kind of shut everything down in Florida and Houston. So whether it be American, United, or Delta, they're all competing against discounters with no frills at this point in time. It's not equilibrium. It all gets sorted out. There's a market for ultra-low-cost carriers and their product. That's been proven. Uh, American, though, will go after you know putting butts in the seats, so to speak. Uh, weaker fares have recently prompted some airlines to lower their forecasts. Um, one analyst said, you know, if you're going to buy shares, look at United Spirit um, or American, um, saying, you know, the other guys are get hit harder because these guys can, you know, do that, operate in that environment a little bit easier. A lot of retailers are looking to stimulate, uh, sim- stimulate, yeah, some anemic sales by hiring thousands of more workers this year to work not on sales floors, but to work on online orders. Target said it's hiring 100,000 temporary holiday workers, up from 70,000 workers who've been hired in each last four years. Um, job sites, a uh, company called Indeed.com, said there's a 34% rise in seasonal job openings at companies like Amazon, Best Buy, Macy's, and Target. Brick-and-mortar companies are throwing down the gauntlet and saying we're going to have more customer-facing employees to try to hopefully take advantage of the competitive aspect that might be hard for online retailers to duplicate. So the brick-and-mortar hard retailing industry has been trying to recover from years of declining sales and mounting losses. Victoria's Secret today says that you know falling bra prices are hurting their profitability. I just like that headline. I can do that one every segment for the next uh, five days. It'll never get old in my head. So I guess you could say L brand stock needs a little support. Eh? Eh? Insert drum shot there. Um, 800-516-1220 calls on the air. CEO of FedEx said, um, he talked about Amazon and Whole Foods. He talked to, he said basically e-commerce is revolution for sure, but you know, it's still 10% of the overall retail economy. But he said Amazon and Whole Foods, they want to be in grocery business and groceries are heavy. They're hard to handle. People like to come and see the produce and so forth. He said, I've been in the grocery business twice, and I have to tell you, it's one of the toughest businesses in the world with very low margins and very, very good competitors. I don't think Amazon wants to be in the grocery business per se. I think they want to be in the delivery business, and they want to be at a disruptor. So I think he's not even speaking the, the right language in any way, shape, or form. Toys R Us, their bankruptcy is really going to hurt Mattel, who makes Barbie and Hot Wheels, amongst other things. Uh, Mattel stock was down 6% this week when it was noted that uh, out of nowhere, Toys R Us was going bankrupt. And there's a big short entrance, interest in companies like Mattel. Hasbro's got the Star Wars franchise and another movie coming up. Um, holders of Mattel stock may find some solace in the fact that at least some Toys R Us stores are going to remain open. But the holiday season's not a time when people should be saying the word bankruptcy. 
Um, again, Apple is admitting that their cell phone, their watch, has a problem with cellular connectivity. Uh, for now, if you want to be on the safe side, you get the Wi-Fi-only version. The reviews of the Wi-Fi-only version are that it's incredible. Um, CNN Scott Sign says it's the best phone watch he's ever tested. The Verge said you should still carry a cell phone. Um, so she says she can't recommend buying the watch because the battery life is a bit of a problem, especially when you're using GPS or cell phone. Wired uh, magazine's David Pierce said performance was dramatically better than his older Apple Watch, and the battery life was about five hours on LTL, LTE or a full day when he wasn't connected to a cellular network. He seemed to have no issue using the phone, uh, the watch for phone calls and pulling up Siri. He called it the biggest workout gadget of its kind, or the best workout gadget. Uh, he just wished it had an always-on display. So, And again, Apple's got that coming down the road, right? I think they're very deliberate in how they handle their business model. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. It's Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I'm talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Don't be shy. Pick up the phone. Give me a call. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.